If you want a sign that humanity's still got it going on. The people are revolting. Welcome to People Are Revolting, a daily dose of disobedience. This piece is written by Noreen Nasir and is published at seattletimes.com. Rhonda Lavaldo is exhausted, but she's refusing to slow down. For the fourth time in five years, her hometown team and the focus of her decades-long activism against the use of Native American imagery and references in sports is in the Super Bowl. As the Kansas City Chiefs prepare for Sunday's big game, so does Lovaldo. She and dozens of other indigenous activists are in Las Vegas to protest and demand the team change its name and ditch its logo and rituals they say are offensive. I've spent so much of my personal time and money on this issue, I really hoped that our kids wouldn't have to deal with this, said Lavaldo, who founded and leads a group called Not In Our Honor. But here we go again. Her concern for children is founded. Research has shown the use of Native American imagery and stereotypes in sports have negative physiological effects on Native youth and encourage non-Native children to discriminate against them. There's no other group in this country subjected to this kind of cultural degradation, said Phil Gover, who founded a school dedicated to Native youth in Oklahoma City. It's demeaning. It tells Native kids that the rest of society, the only thing they ever care to know about you and your culture, are these mocking minstrel shows, he added, adding that what non-Native children learn are stereotypes. Lavaldo, who is a Como Pueblo, has been in the Kansas City area for more than two decades. She arrived from New Mexico as a college student. In 2005, when Kansas City was playing Washington's football team, she and other indigenous students organized around their anger at the offensive names and iconography used by both teams. Some sports franchises made changes in the wake of the 2020 police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. The Washington team dropped its name, which is considered a racial slur, after calls dating back to the 1960s by Native advocates such as Suzanne Harjo. In 2021, the Cleveland baseball team changed its name from the Indians to the Guardians. Ahead of the 2020 season, the Chiefs barred fans from wearing headdresses or face paint referencing or appropriating Native American culture in Arrowhead Stadium, although some still have. And racism was written in the end zone. Players put decals on their helmets with similar slogans or names of black people killed by police. We were like, wow, you guys put this on the helmets and on the field. But look at your name and what you guys are doing, Lavaldo said. The next year, the Chiefs retired their mascot, a horse named Warpaint, that a cheerleader would ride onto the field every time the team scored a touchdown. In the 1960s, a man wearing a headdress rode the horse. The team's name and Arrowhead logo remain, as does the tomahawk chop, in which fans chant and swing a forearm up and down in a ritual that is not unique to the Chiefs. The added attention on the team this season, thanks to singer Taylor Swift's relationship with tight end Travis Kelce, isn't lost on Indigenous activists. Lavaldo said her fellow activists made a sign for this weekend reading, Taylor Swift doesn't do the chop, be like Taylor. 
We were watching. We were looking to see if she was going to do it, but she never did, Lavaldo said. The Chiefs say the team was named after Kansas City Mayor H. Rowe Bartle, who was nicknamed the Chief and helped lure the franchise from Dallas in 1963. They also say that they have worked in recent years to eliminate offensive imagery. We've done more over the last seven years, I think, than any other team to raise awareness and educate ourselves, Chiefs President Mark Donovan said, head of last year's Super Bowl. The team has made a point to highlight two indigenous players, long snapper James Winchester, citizen of the Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma, and center Creed Humphrey, who is from the citizen Potawatomi Nation of Oklahoma. In 2014, the Chiefs launched the American Indian Community Working Group, which has Native Americans serving as advisors to educate the team on issues facing the indigenous population. As a result, Native American representatives have been featured at games, sometimes offering ceremonial blessings. The members of that working group weren't people that were involved in any of the organizations that actually serve natives in Kansas City, said Gaylene Krauser, executive director of the Kansas City Indian Center, which provides health, welfare, and cultural services to the indigenous community. Krauser is among those who plan to protest in Las Vegas this weekend. Democratic U.S. Representative Emanuel Cleaver sees the label chief as a term of endearment. He has been a Chiefs fan since he moved to Kansas City more than half a century ago, though he said it, quote, wouldn't bother me that much if the name were changed. A Chief was somebody with enormous influence, said Cleaver, who is black, making a reference to tribal chiefs in Africa. As long as the name is not an insult or an invective, then I'm okay with it. The story presented by the Chiefs features the message that the team is honoring Native culture, but Krauser calls that a PR stunt. There's no honor in your painting your face and putting on a costume and cosplaying our culture, Krauser said. She added the sheer entitlement of people outside our community telling us they're honoring us is so incredibly frustrating. Lavaldo is very conscious of who gets to own a narrative. As a University of Kansas journalism student in the early 2000s, she says a professor told her she would be too biased as a Native woman to report on stories about Native people. When she entered the world of video journalism, she was told she didn't have the look to be on camera. During Chief's home games, she and other indigenous activists stand outside Arrowhead with signs saying, Stop the chop, and this does not honor us. The sounds of a large drum and thousands of fans imitating a war chant as they swing their arms thunder from the stadium. For Lavaldo, the pain fueling her anger and activism is rooted in the oppression, killing and displacement of her ancestors, and the lingering effects those injustices have on her community. We weren't even allowed to be Native American. We weren't allowed to practice our own culture. We weren't allowed to wear our clothes, she said. But it's okay for Kansas City fans to bang a drum, to wear a headdress, and then to act like they're honoring us? That doesn't make sense. Next up is another piece covering the same topic. This piece is published at truthout.org and is written by Kevin Abarezk. Come game day Fridays, Kansas City turns red. Law firm office workers, elementary school students, elected leaders in City Hall, everyone on both sides of the city whose borders reach into Kansas and Missouri don NFL gear as a show of support for the hometown team. 
Everyone, that is, except Gaylene Krauser. At least that's how it feels for the director of the Kansas City Indian Center. It permeates everything, she said. You can't turn on the TV or the radio without hearing that stereotypical song they play to get people to do the chop. Come Sunday, February 11, Krauser will continue her tradition of not wearing Kansas City football gear on game day when she joins protesters outside the Allegiant Stadium on the Las Vegas Strip. That's where the team will be playing the San Francisco 49ers during the 58th NFL Super Bowl. For the fourth time in the past five years, Native demonstrators and their allies will converge outside the stadium where the NFL championship game is being played to protest the Kansas City team's name. Rhonda Lavaldo, founder of Not In Our Honor, an organization opposed to the Kansas City team's name and associated imagery, said she and other protesters will hold up signs and chant to express their disdain for the team's continued tolerance of racist imagery and behavior. She said protesters also will express opposition to the San Francisco team's name. The 49ers' name refers to the gold miners who flooded California the year after gold was discovered in 1848. The ensuing gold rush brought as many as 300,000 settlers to the state and led to a massive decline of indigenous people from California as a result of disease, relocation, and massacres. From a population of 150,000 before the gold rush, just 31,000 Native people remained in the state by 1870, according to the International Indian Treaty Council. Lavaldo said it's wrong to celebrate an event that heralded the deaths of thousands of Native people, and she said the competition between the two teams with offensive names only fuels her opposition to the Kansas City team's name. I was calling it the Genocide Bowl, she said. It's so weird how Americans celebrate their teams with this. They're not understanding the history or historical aspects that we as Natives understand. The fight against racist sports mascots and team names has been long and tumultuous. In 1992, a group of Native people filed a lawsuit, Harjo v. Pro Football, seeking to cancel six trademark registrations for the Washington NFL team over the team's racist name and associated imagery. The U.S. Trademark Trial and Appeal Board canceled the registrations but the sports team managed to get the board's decision overturned on appeal. The case eventually landed before the U.S. Supreme Court, which refused to hear the plaintiff's appeal effectively ending the lawsuit in favor of the football franchise. A subsequent lawsuit, Black Horse v. Pro Football, again challenged the Washington team's name and succeeded in convincing the trademark trial and appeal board to cancel the team's trademark. The team appealed the decision, and the case landed before the U.S. Supreme Court. This time, the High Court ruled on the issue through a related case, forcing the withdrawal of the lawsuit and reinstatement of the team's trademark in 2018. The fight took a new turn in May 2020, when Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin murdered George Floyd, sparking nationwide racial justice protests that led to several professional sports teams retiring controversial team names and mascots. They included the Washington NFL team, which became the Washington Commanders, and the Cleveland MLB team, which became the Guardians. Yet other professional sports teams, including the Kansas City NFL team, Chicago NHL team, and the Atlanta MLB team, have remained recalcitrant. 
Krauser said while she is opposed to the Kansas City team's name, she is more frustrated by the team's tolerance of offensive behavior by fans during games. She said she particularly hates the chop. The closed-fist gesture that fans perform to the sound of rhythmic drumming that elicits old stereotypes of Native Americans, as well as the Native headdresses that fans still wear despite the team banning them from Arrowhead Stadium. People are like, what's the big deal about the name? It's not necessarily the name, she said. It's all the imagery they have associated with it. She said the Kansas City team didn't endure the same criticism that other sports teams did during the social justice protests following Floyd's 2020 death. However, the team has made some changes, such as renaming the Tomahawk Chop to the Chop, retiring a horse named Warpaint that a cheerleader would ride into the stadium, prohibiting fans from wearing headdresses and face paint or red face. They made a few minor changes and gave it a lot of lip service, but ultimately they weren't held to the same standards as other people in other places were, Krauser said. She added that it's been difficult to get the Kansas City football team to change its name when other Native people continue to support the team. Kansas City long snapper James Winchester, Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma, told ICT in 2023 that he supports his team's name. Quote, I answer that every time the same way. For me, it's not offensive, but to others it might be. I'll leave it at that, and I'm just proud to be a part of this organization, the Kansas City football team. Football team's in parentheses there, because that's not what he said. But this particular article is not saying the name of the team. Native support for the team's name is most evident in November, when the team celebrates Native American Heritage Month, by inviting Native dignitaries to a game to be honored. This past November 20, the team honored representatives from the Kickapoo Nation of Kansas and Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma and invited an Omaha Nation drum group to perform. It's a little bit disheartening that they're always finding people to use as a shield, as a human shield, to prevent them from having to make any meaningful change, Krauser said. Lavaldo, who founded Not In Our Honor in 2005, said tolerance of offensive team names and mascots encourages the mistreatment of Native people everywhere. She said Native student-athletes in her own community of Lawrence, Kansas, face discrimination by opposing players who heckle them by performing the chop. It's affecting our kids in different ways every day, she said. She said the team's name also excludes Native people from celebrating the team's successes along with other fans. I would like to be part of that community that could celebrate, said Lavaldo, who is both a Kansas City Royals fan and a fan of the University of Kansas's sports teams. Sports bring people together. It involves everybody. And we're not part of that. If you want to follow People Are Revolting on social media, you'll find us in the Fediverse at movingtrainmedia at collectiva.social. If you want to listen to back episodes, head over to People Are Revolting. Dot com. Keep revolting, and thanks for listening. If you want a sign that humanity's still got it going on. People are revolting.
I think you just nailed it. <laughs>